Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Ganjier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Navy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broadstop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan. Jeff Brincat, how you doing, my friend? Hey, Peter, how are you doing, buddy? Happy summer. Happy summer. Happy summer. Hey, school's out, but parents' care is not. No, we're uh, we're managing to continue to fight the good fight. It's certainly what I think is a good fight. Speaking is that of- a Marine Corps tattoo on your arm there? It is. Got a got a big bulldog on the shoulder here too. You know. Number five. Yep. Yes, sir. You should wear, uh, I don't want to say the the tank top. You should wear the tank top when you come on the show. I think we're seeing enough. I think we're seeing enough, Jeff, right now. That's, uh, I have a, you you can see, you can see the farmer tan is, uh, is alive and well in my neck of the woods. So, um, you know, maybe Pete, maybe that'll be my motivation for the next show if I can get all that done, you know? (laughs) Too much Jeff Brincat there. Back to the short sleeve shirt, bud. Philippe Navidas. <laughs> what up, Philippe? How you guys doing? Oh, hey, Philippe. Good morning, Philippe. Iliad, nice. You like that? Supporting your, uh, uh, a local um, business owner. Or so he doesn't own a business here. He owns it in what Michigan, right? Michigan, yeah. He's Richard Ruzich is a is a is a unique dude for sure. Guy's great. That's Rich Ruzich, of course. Rich Ruzich. Philippe, we haven't yeah. we haven't seen you for a while. How you been, my brother? I'm good. I'm good. I'm uh I'm checking in from Wheeling, Illinois. I ducked into a Weston hotel to to join you guys this morning. Oh, nice. Love that Weston. Yeah, that's the nice. story you Philippe, that's the story you're sticking with, right? I'm just here in the <laughs> hotel, just you know. This is what so happens know. when you leave your socks on the floor. <laughs> All right, uh, be sure to grab the complimentary breakfast. Yes, right. Yeah, plenty of coffee. So, so Philippe and uh, Yosef, are you guys all made up now? From uh, we never, there was nothing to make up. We, I I said something. He texted the correction, and I, I corrected it on the next show. We're all All good. I've known Philippe for many years when he worked for Congressman Dold, and and I'm, I'm cool. 
Somebody made the suggestion, Joe, that there should be a drinking game that every time Niles Township comes up, that takes <laughs> a drink. How about Martin Grove? That'd be two drinks, right? Uh, oh, yeah. I forgot about that one. Two on nine. Yeah. That, that little community is uh, getting more airplay on this show than it does in Morton Grove. That's right. Go. No, I was going to say, Fleet, do you want to show off any tattoos before we get going or anything? Or now just because we're, you know. I can't show my tattoos on, on this show. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you got like My Little Pony? <laughs> That's right. You, unicorn? Right. It's a unicorn, yeah. That's, yeah. From our Wait, For the record, I have zero tattoos. And I don't okay. want to know what Pete has. I really don't. The only tattoos I get is just like Philippe when I leave the socks on the floor. Get a tattoo about right there. Right, right. <laughs> so, so boys, oh, what do we what do we owe this pleasure? Parents Care. This is the Lake Forest Podcast Schools Edition. Brought to you by Parents Care Lake Bluff Lake Forest with Jeffrey Brincat and Philippe Malin. Thank you, boys, for coming on the show. What's going on? Thanks for having us, Pete. Like you were saying, the school school may technically be out. But uh, you know we're cer- certainly not out. We've uh, been hammering away at the uh, at the issues that again are the core pillars of our organization. That's student achievement, fiscal responsibility, and transparency. And I think we have some updates that Philippe uh, can very aptly uh, address that are apropos for every one of those uh, uh, concerns. Yeah. Now, now is this the updates from the last uh, school board meeting? Because I believe that's where. Uh... Our guy Montgomery put his hard hat on and said, okay, this is, you know, the in the weed stuff. Is, is that what we're getting into? This is other well, stuff. Well, I would argue that the the things that are that are really pertinent now are really extensions of what has been pertinent, you know, what has been a big issue. And uh again, addressing what what Pete, I think in in maybe your uh, more calmer moments, you would refer to as a uh, misdirection by the superintendent, by the administration, arguably by the school board. Screwed over, yeah. Well, okay. That, I, was, I, was you, to, I said I was it, you hope, didn't. I was trying to, look, you're a wordsmith, clearly, right? So, <laughs> but, you know, but we have, you know, we've we've continued to, you know, beat on this drum about student achievement. And we look at all of these issues juxtaposed against the lack of achievement that the continued disappointing scores. And again, we don't, you know, we're not, we're not berating on where we are, but we continue to ask. And I mean, at this point, I would even say plead for defined metrics, what the school board 67, 115 in, in terms of what do they want to see in terms of state standardized testing? You know, we know what the spending is. We know, we know they can get behind a massive bond program. We know they have no problem you know, unveiling these massive capital capital projects at the administrative headquarters. You know, they have no problem sinking millions in this summer on, you know, principally three major directions over there. We know they have no problem, uh, you know, asking the community for, for you know, 100 plus million dollar bonds. We, we ask, well, why is this such a hang up to define what student achievement is going to look like in light of at the school, at the school, uh, at the high school, four out of uh, 10 kids not being on grade level. So, you know, Philippe can put it much better than I can really on some of these better, but maybe, maybe I could just provide a little context. Um, so, <clears throat> you know, I don't know if any of your listeners have been uh, driving down Waukegan road by the, by the um, administration campus off Waukegan road there. And um, I was there the other day and I noticed that like a massive, roofing projects going on over there and i also noticed that if they're doing a, a massive 
redoing of like almost the entire parking lot driving system over there on that West campus, you know, um, it's not just like a surfacing project. Like they're digging out the road, they're building 19 new parking spots right by the administrator's front door. Um, you know, there's things. So we went and took a look at it. They're, they're spending, um, about $4 million on that roof, almost a million, eight, maybe it's hard to know exactly between 700,000 and a million dollars on that, on the parking surfacing over there. And, you know, my first reaction is like, man, this is massive amount of money and effort going into a building that has very little to do with our kids' educations. They don't go to there. The only time reason they go to those West Campus is really for athletic purposes. No improvements to the athletic facilities, by the way. But, <clears throat> but so, so at first I'm like, wow, this is a big project, you know, but, you know, now they're spending a lot of money. And I started talking to different people. We, we have a lot of people who reach out to us you know, all the time when, when people have some questions or thoughts about the school, they, they reach out to us and we talk with them. And, you know, um, I was talking with one gentleman in town and I said, what do you think about like all that stuff after he drove by there? And he's like, you know, the way I look at it is that, and I look at that spending, I don't really care, you know, if they're going to spend $4 million on a roof or a million dollars on a, on a part reparking the admin parking lot as long as the school's performing, you know, and it really put that, that helped me kind of see this into context. It's not so much the spend. It's really the, the, that they're spending this when we should be in a situation where I, I think the education should be the only thing that they're thinking about. It should be code red time over at these schools. My son uh, is at ninth grade, just finished his freshman year, but so we're looking at his, his classes score I think it was like 23 or 25% of the kids were, were proficient in English coming out of Deer Path Middle School. It's even worse over at Deer Path or at, at Lake Bluff uh, Middle School. And these, these, these guys, in my mind, are sort of whistling past potential graveyard. Like we've got some serious issues. And what are the causes? Could it be COVID? Could it be technology? Could it be declining standards? There's a lot of things that may be going in, but I don't see these guys putting in the time or the effort or the elegance behind improving the academic performance of their schools and ensuring that our kids, I got two kids, uh, you know, I'm not planning on having any more. This is the only two I've got. I want my school administrators and leaders focusing on their job and not focusing on parking lots at the admin building that have very little to do with my kids' education. And so I, I think, and you know, we've been talking about this at Parents Care. We are very concerned that there's a miss misallocation of priorities by these things. They, they, they use bureaucratic things. They have like their master plans and they talk all about this sort of stuff. And here's one more piece of context and I'll stop talking. It's elaborating what Jeff was talking about. Okay. The superintendent Montgomery several months ago said we, this is something that we called them from the very first beginning of parents care. So we need to know what academic success looks like. How are we supposed to hold the board and the admin the teacher's accountable for educating our kids if we don't even know what the success looks like. Lake Bluff <laughs> School District, in response to our mailers, said, hey, the IAR tests aren't the ones that we look at. We look at other things. So we, then we FOIA them and say, well, what do you look at? And they're like, well, we can't show that to you. If it's, a, it's, like, it's like whack-a-mole trying to figure out what success looks like. And Superintendent Montgomery, when he got his massive pay increase this year, um, part of his contract was he's going to come up with metrics 
for success. Like, I don't know who gives a guy a raise before, you know, to come up with the metrics. Usually you say, set the metrics and then we'll give you, you hit them and then you hit the raise, but what, neither here nor there. My point is, is that we're waiting and waiting and waiting. We've kind of pulled off the academic step at Parents Care because we said, hey, listen, these guys are talking about producing the metrics. I don't know what's going on. We cannot seem to get the metrics. We don't know what success looks like. So we're not even a position to where we can begin to hold these people accountable for success or failure because they're not telling us what success is. I'm not an education professional. I don't know what success should look like. So it's their job to show what success looks like. And I think, and we're going to call this week, Parents Care is going to make a call, no more spending on admins, no more spending on admin buildings, no more spending on ad, additional admin parking lots so these guys can walk you know, 100 feet closer to their building. No more spending on administration until you show us what's in your con- what's in Montgomery's contract and what he promised to us is successful metrics so that we have a metric by which we can hold our, our kids' educators accountable for success or failure. And it's not just failure. Show the thing. So if they use success, we can herald you and congratulate you. Or we can move on from you if you're not hitting success. But, but you got to show us what, the, what success looks like. And no more spending our dollars, our taxpayer dollars on irrelevant things to education like parking lots. That's, so anyway, sorry to go on a rant, but that's, that's kind of like why I wanted to be on the show today because I feel very strongly about this, this issue. Joe, you've been on school boards. Now we'll turn off the drinking game. What? Now, I know you're in your 20s, you know, going through this stuff. And, you know, I'm in my 50s going through this stuff, trying to make heads or tail of this. Because the only news that I I believe is the information I get back from a FOIA request. Okay. And the FOIA request. It's almost like you're dealing with chat GPT. You have to whittle down, whittle down, whittle down, be a prompt engineer to ask the right question because they'll come back with, uh, sorry, no records found. Okay. They'll they'll go into Boolean searches, either or, and, and pull all that crap on to, to delay the information, you know, coming back. There should be a simpler way to get that information. But Joe, you being on the school board, what are the things that are, are are going down when these kind of things should be budgeted in as standard maintenance and it turns into a referendum? What have you seen in the past? That's a good point there that you just said, standard maintenance. So one of the things I noticed, again, totally different district 30 years ago, almost now. Um, but a lot of times, you know, and I've, t- I've touched on this before, where you have the Schools are loaded with people that are educators, which is an important te- job, um, but uh, they often lose sight of some of the other business aspects of, of it, which includes maintaining a building. So you will see tons of money being spent on you know, new things, new science labs, new programs, things like that. And then you'll, we, I remember touring the building once and one of my colleagues um, is a prop was a property owner, like a real estate investor, and dealt with property management on a day to day basis in his job. And um, he'd see my little things that weren't being taken care of. And he's like, "Look, you guys spend millions of dollars on all this new stuff, but you don't take care of the stuff you have." Um, and so, <clears throat> you know, I can't speak to the specifics of, you know, I mean. Parking lots sooner or later do need to get resurfaced. I don't know what the condition was of the lot. Not resurfacing, Joe. This is this is 
resurfacing, I understand. This is complete uprooting of the entire road, mm -hmm. building 19 new unnecessary parking spots right by the administrator door. There's no, the seats are never full except for football games and they park on the grass anyway. That's my point. This should be, you know, my opinion, maybe spend $150,000 on resurfacing, not, or Jeff may have a better perspective on how much, not $800,000 on a completely new redo with 19 new spots, new lighting, all sorts is of Is this steps. coming out of the money from the referendum that just passed? No, nope, this is, this yeah. was uh, appropriated from a $15 million referendum or bond that they issued uh, late last year that nobody ever talked about, but they had, they, they bought, borrowed. I think it was 15 i think it was 15 um well, either way we're paying for it right yeah and so. they also spent Wait. they plan to spend another uh i think 12 million dollar on that west campus from bond referendums moving forward do they but, hold uh, any forgive me that i don't know this i wish yeah. school was on because he would know it but do they hold i know they got i've been to football games there um and i know they had some other athletics i believe they have a, like a theater thing there as well is there anything during the day with students like uh like an off-campus they have the they have thing the, or special the, ed or things. I forget what the what the program is called, but they have um, eighteen year old plus maybe eighteen to twenty five year old uh, kids with disabilities over at that campus. Okay. All right. Okay. And then they so add, there is some in. use, but well, no, know, but again, I, I think there needs to be more clarity from the district, from the board. I wish someone, either an elected school board member or or uh, the superintendent, would would come on and clarify because there's some things here. We're just not getting. Uh, Jeff, what are we getting? You know, Pete, from the district, directly from the district, this is the administrator's parking lot. This isn't, you know, yeah, visitors park there too. But, you know, we've all seen the district tout the fact that there's only 38 or 39 administrators. Why would you put $800,000 into a parking lot for this nominal amount of people? And like to Philippe's <laughs> point, the approaches from Waukegan Road that were dug up, it's all the approaches along the building. It's the curbing, new lighting. And again, this isn't some minor scarification that results in a one-inch topping of blacktop. This is dug up down to the gravel, put in. You only need to go there and see this is this is this is major construction. And my point is, so you know, we've all heard these kind of like swan song claims about, you know, that this administrative headquarters, this is a this is a good sound investment. You know, we derive rent from the Citadel Theater, we get rent from the early learning center, like Little Scouts, isn't I think it's called Little Scouts. But to any oh, fair-minded yeah. observer, you'd have to say, okay, a four four point some million dollar roof, eight hundred thousand dollar administrative parking lot, upgrades the HVAC system, and you only need to look at their own publicity about the recent $105.8 million bond, $106 million bond to see that there's a footnote that 10% of that money is going to be spent on the admin center. So how anybody could rationalize 15 or $16 million going in to a headquarters building when by their own incantations, I mean, we need to, we need to, we need this massive spending to keep the kids from sitting in pools of water at the high school. It's just, yeah. it just, it's just, it's, a, it's kind of a Rubik's cube of trying to rationalize. Well, wait a minute, hold on. It's, it's well, yeah, but that was from this bond, and we voted on this then, and we did this. Look, th these, you know, we go to school board meetings. We, you know, we've gone to the admin building to look at budgets. Um, you know, you know, we we've seen a parking lot. This is not, you know, th these are not priorities. I have a point here that, um, you know, and 
Rick Lesser and I have touched on this in previous shows about the proliferation of local government. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Units in Illinois. Sure. I'm going to give you guys a really scary stat that I learned back when I was on the school board. That one out of every 10 school districts in the United States is in the state of Illinois. Now oh, think sure. about that. Think about that. That's crazy. So when we talk about administrative costs and administrative buildings like this one, um, there is so much money being spent, not just Lake Forest, but across the state. I mean, when I was a drink, guys, when I was on the Niles Township 219 High School Board, we had nine elementary districts feeding into a two high school district. So in other words, there were there were school districts with literally one school. We had the district that I grew up in and, and, and graduated from was District 73 and a half, which was created years ago when the railroad that later became the Skokie Swift Yellow Line um, was built that the parents on one side didn't want their kids going to school on the other. So they created the, the 73, got split into two districts, 73 and 73 and a half. I mean, it's, it's crazy the amount of money that's spent across Illinois on administrative costs for schools uh, compared to what goes on in other states. And I, I get it that local control is important. I don't want bureaucrats in Springfield or Chicago dictating how our, our neighborhood schools are run. I, but, I think people um, need to look at it. Hey, Joe, that parking lot, that's 800 grand. To me, that's 100 bucks out of my pro- pocket. I don't know what how to look at it, but 100 bucks, I know what I can do with 100 bucks. I I paid a hundred bucks so the guy that screwed us over can walk a little bit closer to his front door. Is that how I should be looking at it, or is there some other way? No, I don't in think the, you should be looking at that. I, I, hey, Joe, can I can I jump in? Yeah. I don't think you should be looking at that because it's not about the hundred bucks. It's about the leadership of the school district. Okay, they should be focusing on academic achievement. Our kids are performing at all time lows. If if twenty three percent of eighth graders at Deer Path are performing below grade level proficiency, doesn't wake you up. I don't know what's wrong with you. Okay, and what are they doing These about guys, the metrics? And, and listen, you, they're not doing. We they're doing. You know, we think that they say they say they should set metrics of success to articulate, but they're not doing it. So I think you should look at it in that way. I think you should also look at it is that what's more important, the admin building or the 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 education campuses where we send our kids to. We all remember the pictures uh, during the bond campaign, the school district put about how dire and horrible, you know, with buckets, uh, you know, water and, and, you know, horrific scenes out of, out of a horror oh, movie. Food, oh, you remember, remember how horrible it was? It was like, Oh my God. Please help up. me. I'm right? Matt Montgomery. So they needed that. They needed that bond pass, yet they had enough money to spend on an, I would say like a Cadillac, project on a parking lot it's like there's a there's a priority what we should be looking at not as the hundred dollars what we should look at being that is who's in charge of making the decisions at this school district here's another one for you you guys we've been speaking with a lot of parents okay there are kids 
who are in wheelchairs at Deer Path Middle School and at Cher, I think it's Cherokee. Okay. These kids, these, these campuses are not adequately accommodated for these children. And we've seen people speak at school board meetings. There, there's not an electric door. If, if there was a thing out in the cafeteria at Deer Path, there's not a way for a kid of a wheelchair to get out safely if, there, if something were to happen. Bathrooms, whoa, 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 whoa. Bathrooms. Hold on, hold on, Philippe. You're telling me that Superintendent Montgomery is getting a closer walk to his door, an easier route than the handicapped kids? That's exactly that's what I'm telling you. Put it, Pete. Pete, that's a great way to put it right that's there. That's exactly what I'm telling you. And and we so we went back to, there's a FOIA. They, they post all their FOIAs. We found a FOIA on there from some document back in 2018 where they're they're talking about ADA compliance at the district 67 they had priority 1 and priority 2 these are these are things that help kids with disabilities go to school with dignity at this school right they they were going to get around to priority 2 things in 2025 all right now we're we're trying to figure out how to get the information from these guys cuz they don't give any information out but we don't want to see if like a lot of these things that they knew that they needed to do and were scheduled in 2025 have been done because it seems to me it would be a priority to make Deer Path Middle School a school where kids with disabilities can go with dignity before you give Mike Montgomery and his administration team uh, a closer walk to the front door. Oh, so it's not about thumbnail. $100. It's about that's priorities. It's about they're, they're priorities. They're carrying Montgomery in on a throne. And they're, they're, they're paying out of the same fund because I know – in, in school districts, they have, you know, a building fund, an education fund. And it's my understanding that those those funds were created under state law like 100 years ago because buildings were falling apart. So they said, you got to set aside a certain amount for a building fund um, to make sure the school building is safe. Uh, do you guys know which funds, which, which fund the referendum went to and which fund this um, thing came out because there are some limitations, I believe, uh, on on how much you can transfer between the funds. I'm not Who sure. Knows, exactly. but the the freaking ha the poor handicapped people, or what do you say? What's the right word? I don't. I, Persons I'm, I'm with disabilities. Disabilities can't get to the freaking front door. But they, at one of the campuses, at one of the campuses, they apparently they have to have a teacher's aide who they're looking to cut. But some of these positions, by the way, at sixty-seven, take a kid with a wheelchair. I understand from outside, including in the wintertime, in order to get adequately through the campus. There's 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 serious um, issues there. And, you know, I feel fortunate that my my I don't have a child with a physical disability, but I don't think parents who do in our community should have to go beg over and over again break their heart to try to, to, to try to get some attention from a, from the school district administration. But that's exactly what's happening at our school districts. And meanwhile, so I'm sorry, I get pissed off when I go down Waukegan road and I see sure. a Cadillac resurfacing project and 19 new unnecessary spots for admins. When parents in our community are frustrated, pulling their hair out, trying to advocate for their kids in a wheelchair. It's just not right. I'm sorry. Bad optics for sure. Do we know, like, so fully, let's say they didn't do these projects at the admin building, uh, but they did do some of the, the stuff that we're talking, that you guys are talking about, like making sure that there is a proper uh, access for, for students with disabilities. Would that be a wash in terms of funds or would the district um, still be, or would there be savings to the districts? I'm, I'm just curious as a taxpayer, are my taxes too high? You know what? I, you know what I wish, Joe, that they would come on and, and explain it to you. Yeah, they don't. Talk, they don't really talk to us, so we don't know. All we see is 
we're dads. Jeff Brinkat's a father of six kids. I'm a father of two kids. We're just dads who love our children. And we hear from a lot of parents in town who love their children and they want it. They think that they're sending their kids to Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. They shouldn't have to worry about it. We're here to say, you have to worry about it. Parents, these guys are not making the right decisions and they're, they don't come in and talk to you unless they need the bond money. <laughs> there's, there's a problem. There's a problem. This, what is it? The cheese smells funny in Denmark or something like that. There's a problem. And, and unless parents step up and start getting more involved and, and whether joining parents care or getting involved in some other group or whatever, or, or having private meetings with the school board meetings, if you see something that doesn't look right or thing, you got to speak up because we can't just close our eyes and pretend that we're living in Lake Forest and Lake Bluff. Everything's fine. It's well, not. Philippe, the problem is, look, I don't have any kids in the school district. Okay, so that's a hundred bucks. All right. I don't know how many voters in town have kids going to the school district. Whatever it is, you have to relate it to something that a hundred bucks is going out of my pocket to make Montgomery's life easier in addition to his 20% raise that I'm not even factoring in. And then you got somebody with a wheelchair waiting for somebody to open up the door. That's inexcusable. So I'll play the FOIA game on that with, with you people. I, that'll be you know quite interesting. Putting all that stuff to the side, guys, the metrics. I heard metrics coming up in that last school board meeting. How long is it going to take, do you think, to come up with you know an objective list of, hey, this is how we know we're doing a good job. And I don't plan we, on holding my breath. Okay, then what should it be? What let's make up our Pete, own. Pete, let me let me let me bifurcate an answer to you in a couple different ways. Bifurcate. I mean split up. Okay. The one look, but here's the thing. What really gave birth to our group is the fact that when low the scores came out and they were lowest on record in the history of these school districts, they spent an ungodly amount of time, money, and attention on telling us how great things were. We were exceptionally rated in the state of Illinois. I mean, so so number one, you know, they, they set the stage year over year over year for, like I think you said one time, it's raining out. They're peeing on our legs, but they're trying to tell us it's raining. Yeah, I you know what I mean? Yes. So, there you go. But the Another second thumbnail. Thing, the second thing is, but to actually answer your question, for 10 months, we've been begging, tell us what success looks like, like what Philippe just said. We said, look, here's where we are now. What's the plan? Let's talk about improvement. In fact, we did a mailer about that to say, can we do this after 12 months, 24 months, sit 36 months, 48 months? You know, we've got time to do all these other things. And again, it goes back to the same thing. It's about priorities. It's about what's important to these people because it's not student achievement. Because in the wake of the lowest scores ever on record, they went on a publicity campaign telling us how great things were. It's certainly not fiscal responsibility. Because we know what the spending is. We know what student populations are doing. We know what admin counts are doing. And it's certainly not transparency. And that's, again, those are, the, those are the three reasons we're here because we see these deficiencies. And I'll throw something else about school districts really quickly. Half the school districts in Illinois have one or two schools. Okay, so when you take of all the school districts in Illinois, they have one or two schools. Well, we see that in 115. We have a whole separate district for one school. Okay, if you take the administrative spending in absolute flat dollars in Illinois, it's higher than the other 49 states. So of all 50 jurisdictions in the United States, our flat dollar amount spent on administration is higher than all of them. It's over five times per student what they're spending within the state of Florida. 
if it's it's obnoxious we spend more money in administration than california does with with you know over two over two times the amount of kids almost three times the amount of kids in uh, grades k through 12 it's it's something that's really it's baked into our system now we have we have you know th these i call them the gang that spends first and asks questions later everything has a monetary answer and it's almost like a dis what we see with these districts and frankly with some of these boards and, and we've looked at a lot of them is they seem to get some kind of gratification out of equating you know spending and project management and and let's call it trappings of education with actual education achievement right because we know the edu and, and again and that's why and that's why you know we don't you know we don't we're not picking any fights with the teachers but but we do want to hold these administrators accountable and more than anything else we want to hold these boards accountable these people are elected to represent the interests of the community. And we read community, we, of course, talk about students. This is me and saying it. We're in a democratic state. This is unfortunately what we have to deal with. But I hate pointing fingers without coming up with some type of solution. If we were to survey the parents, like if Parents Care and our podcast would send out a survey and just say, what are the top three things that you care about? To, to to know that your 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 kids in, in in an objectively good place, not that he feels good, you know, but you know, ranking nationally in reading and math, or what would it like? What would you put on the survey? Is what I'm asking. Well, let, let me say this: the last community survey data that I looked at, eighty six percent of Lake Forest and Lake Bluff residents thought they weren't getting their money's worth out of their contributions towards the local school districts. So when you look at that, when you look at that tax bill, and you see the funding that goes in these districts, oh, we've beaten we we the funding, Jeff, like with a baseball bat. I get it, Al Capone style. I, what I'm saying is, to the parents who are and the taxpayers, how do you look? Montgomery ain't never going to say nothing. He's going to probably put up a nice patio out there with some nice patio furniture, maybe a bar and grill for himself out there. A green what, egg, a green egg. Yeah. What 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 right. can we what can we Ask the parents that'll say, "Hey, how do you know your kid's getting a good education? What are the what are the metrics you're going to look at?" Because we're we're these guys we are think, never going to respond to us. That, we don't. I'm not an educator, you know. We okay, that's their parents. Job. That's your their parent. job. We're we're the shareholders. We have hired a board and a management team to manage this district. This okay, they suck. Right? We're our board. What what what? We are shareholders. We, we don't, I don't know what success looks like. I'm not equipped to do it. That's what, that's what we're paying those guys to do. That's what we elected those guys to do. Yeah, so but we're pointing out. You're, asking, on, you're asking us to do something that we're not qualified to do. They're the ones who are qualified to do. We as shareholders are demanding management, performance management duties by setting, this is like any business. You got to set your goals. They've got to set the goals. So hold we on, Philippe, my brother. When you guys are pointing the finger doing your marketing, you're saying we're in the lowest whatever. You're insinuating that's not good, right? So if that's not good, obviously that must that's important to you that that should be an objective thing that you would put up on a survey. If to I measure. were to set metrics, it would be irrelevant. It's not my job to set metrics. It's their job to set metrics. They're not doing it. So the solution is for them to set tell us what success looks like. Not for not, not I don't know. I don't no, know. You, the, you don't can know wish in one hand and crap in the other. See which one fills up first. We can wait forever or we can say, look, since you won't come up with metrics, we will. Jeff, what would you put up there? 
Pete, I would tell you that I would go back to prior periods, looking at student performance on standardized tests. I would look, go back to certain college acceptance trends that we've seen in the past for purposes of District 115. But I, I would, you know, again, these, these are, these are, you know, there's so many subjective measures. These are the few objective measures that we can go back to standardized tests, college acceptance. And I would evaluate at this in that, in that sense. But I would also look at, you know, again, it's a, it's a soft word, but, you know, it's a powerful word. And that's, and that's leadership. When you set the tone that you're going to make students the priority, you, you, you clearly, you clearly, you know, specify that you, you say it out loud. You make sure everybody understands that you evaluate every decision against that. And that's what I think I would submit. That's why an $800,000 parking lot for administrators doesn't really, doesn't really pass the smell test. It's just, it, I mean, how do we have time to do that? And, and we have time to be talking about, you know, portrait of a learner for years now. And, and what does it mean? I'm not, I'm not saying these are not laudable objectives, but where do they rank in terms of priority of getting our kids on, on level? This is this has been a 12, well, now probably 13 year slide that that we've got to address. And, it, and just and just giving this happy tune doesn't work. But I would offer to you kind of like we started out with that there's a Rubik's Rubik's cube, you know, whack-a-mole aspect to all of this where the school district is not serving the community. That's, that's what I would tell you. And I would tell you literally the school board has not done what they need to do. These are elected positions. We have to hold them to a higher standard. To get these people to come out with metrics, we have to come out with our own so they can say those metrics are whacked. Joe, what would the metrics that you would use to come up with their own survey, to come up with their own. We'll be Ms. Melissa Oakley and we'll be the marketing piece for the other side. How do you know the schools are doing good? Well, you know, I, I was going to ask uh, Jeff and Philippe what their take is, because I, I have mixed feelings on standardized testing. So on the one hand, I, I get it that you really need to measure people's performance, especially when there's tax dollars. Um, it's important to, to see how people are doing. Of course, we don't pay based on that. We simply pay pay based on uh, seniority and whatever degree you have, which are degrees are important. I get that. And seniority does help, but we don't, we don't pay anybody based upon performance in public education. Uh, but the other part of me, again, I don't want bureaucrats in Springfield or Washington, DC deciding what is important to be taught in Lake Forest or any other community. So I, I don't know what your guys' take is on that, but I so I, I I've always had a little skeptical eye on the standardized testing, and I tend to look more at things like what what are kids doing after they graduate? What's the and, and again going to college isn't the right answer for every student. There are some needs, but what's the success rate ten years from now? of a graduate of Lake Forest All right, in terms you of their the career. No, Here, I, did, I did answer the question. Because, ah, what? Because I, I'm not sure. I, I, I want to know what the standard should be because I don't necessarily think it's how did we score compared to Nutrier. Okay. okay. Do we really want Lake Forest to be Nutrier? I, I'm not so, so sure about that. All right, guys. But, you're forcing, you you're forcing, with, you're forcing you me to go on a tangent. You're, you're forcing me to go on a tangent now. Okay, standardized tests, okay? Knowledge is not centralized anymore. It's decentralized, okay? If you want a Harvard ed education, go on YouTube, find a professor, and learn from it, okay? 
What is important is that you can prove that you have the knowledge. So all these schools and all, look, colleges, colleges are so good for socialization skills. You know what's good for socialization skills? Get an effing job, okay? Do something, get the knowledge. Institutions should be uh, an administration uh, building filled with proctors with some type of way of proving. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the must not take yourself too seriously and 6-1 since that matters. And what do I even say other than, hey, <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all new Bumble with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better. And dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. That you have the knowledge. If you want to be a doctor, you want to be a lawyer, whatever, you go and you take a test, right? Yes. Okay. So get the knowledge however you want. Get the socialization skills. Uh, go in the military for a year. Okay. There's your socialization skills. All right. So knowledge now, we're we're kind of getting in. If somebody wants to learn, the knowledge is out there. It's getting them to do it. Okay, now we're getting the subjective terms. Well, you know, they're doing this and that. Look, this this is Pete Jansen saying it with chat GPT and all the artificial intelligence. Okay, unfortunately, teachers aren't as an influence on an education as one would think. So now getting back to, to, to education and figure figuring out who's who, you're getting to standardized tests. You do need some type of metric like that 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 accreditates that you have the you spent four years and you have the education. But your question becomes: How do we mark progress? How, what do we consider progress? How do we define progress? And I would offer to you that sure, like I don't think anybody. I I, I certainly don't speak for Philippe or Frank, um, but you know I don't think any of us would say that the end all be all a measure of successful you know, an academic experience at the high school level is going to be strictly defined by a state standardized test. However, that is one of the few objective tools we truly have. But again, you know, we're, we're looking at this whole experience, but, but whatever, the, whatever the experience it is and whatever we want to say that number is, the fact is it's a negative trend. It's been a negative trend for over a decade. It continues to go down. So it's not a, it's not a COVID experience. This is something that's been going on more and more and at the rate it goes down, the more this, the more the administrations make an effort to tell parents things are great. And I think that that's disingenuous. OK, it's intellectually dishonest. What are we going to say about the true performance of our schools? But it starts again, again, one of those words with leadership. We have to define what does success look like with respect to the educational experience our kids are going through. And again, these are our kids. This is not like, you know, we're not fighting, you know, what Abbott's policy is going to be about an on-ramp. These are our institutions, our taxes paid. It's like it's like talking about FOIA. These are our records. We're not asking them for their records. These are our records. These are our kids. These are our taxes. These are our schools. And I think it's up to the board. But to make sure the administration's on board with it, it's up to the board to say these are the numbers that this community sees as a success. But the idea that we're going to go and, and, and tickle this issue over and over and over without a tangible definition of what success looks like is just a repetition of current failing procedures but if we the last show we did we said the same thing this is like a reef somebody what listened to the last show we're talking about the same thing we're getting nowhere hey, i want to get you want to pay me
$500,000 that they're paying Montgomery, you know, I'll go in there and I'll spend all my time working on metrics. It's not my job to do it. It's his job. He's acknowledged it's his job. He just hasn't delivered. We can all agree. Anybody who's done any sort of work in any sort of organization or business understands that goal setting is critical for success. We have an organization right now that we're entrusting our kids to that refuses to demonstrate what their goals are for academic proficiency. It's their job. That's what we're paying them to do is to teach our children and to manage a school district. Critical part of that is to set goals and then try your best to obtain it. And, and listen, if you hit them, fantastic. Just throw a parade. If you don't hit them, then that's when you go back, maybe recalibrate your metrics or you, you figure out a new plan to get them. That's basic management principles. And that's what we're asking for them to do. And it's shocking to me, should be shocking to everybody that they're operating without setting academic proficiency goals. And it may be academic standardized tests. It may be a, a, a suite of things that subjective and objective, but, but, but you got to define what success looks like so that your management team and your shareholders, that's us, can evaluate your performance. And so that's what, that's, that's what, that's what we're saying. It's not our job to tell them what, what is because they're I, the, they're the ed educators. We keep hollering. So it. If that's oh. not an answer for you, I'm not going to answer. I'm not going to okay, tell fine. you what the, what, fine, fine. how about this? I'm not going to tell you if it's 75% or, or 83, I'm not going to tell you what that is. I don't have the info. Okay. I can't get the info. They don't talk to me. So it's, that's okay. not the, it's not my job to do. It's there. Can we invite a consultant? There's got to be a ton of uh, these uh, teaching board consultants. What do you call them, Joe? When you want, when you want about an advisory board or whatever, can't we invite somebody to come on and ask them? Because we I mean, there's there's so much talk in education. I like I said, I I go back to what is and fair point that Philippe and Jeff have brought up about we don't know what they're goals are. I, th I think the district does need to come out and state their goals. And if, and if they have, and we're wrong, come on the show and explain to us what we got wrong. But, um, you know, again, I, I've always questioned, um, is it, is it that important that kids know Shakespeare in the year 2023? That's I mean, fine. Whatever, whatever it is, they need to define what it is that's important to know what they're doing. Cause we, as parents don't know what's important to them because they haven't set those goal metrics. So it could be Shakespeare's not a goal, but you got to tell us what is important to you as our educating leadership team and what, what success looks like under that rubric, you know, and then we can evaluate whether we want to send our kids there or whether we need to change leadership or we need to support this leadership and give them all the money they need parking lots for admins and everything. But until they do that, I don't think we should be spending any more money on admin parking lots or additional admins, or they're hiring a communication specialist. They just put, <laughs> they just put up a, they just put an advertisement. That's because of us, because of the podcast. So I don't think they should be spending any more money on that until they tell us what academic success, because they are a school. They're not a building, admin building management company. They're a school. We're trusting our kids to them to educate our children. And so they should act, they should act as that's the number one priority, not the number three priority, which seems to me what is going on right now. Jeff, you guys come on on the next show and we're going to get into this. Well, they need to come up with metrics and all this stuff. I don't want to rehear. I don't want to regurgitate this all over again. How do we know we we're getting forward somewhere? Um, well, I think, you know, we, we've got a plan for that for direct, uh, let's call it direct action with the school boards. 
Um, but Pete, you know, for a long time, if you remember going back to last October, well, actually November, going back to last November, we said, you know, our battle in a lot of ways is going to be breaking this mold of, of, you know, accepting what comes out of Melissa Oakley's office. Yeah. You know, um, you know, your pal, your, your, your lantern drinking buddy. Right. Yeah. But, waiting for the foils from her. Yeah. Well, but, but, you know, that's, that's, that's a lot of it. And again, it's not, you know, it's, 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 it's not an easy argument to really analyze because, you know, we want to believe that, you know, we pack our kids off to school in the morning to, to a, a crew of people who are going to, you know, dedicate themselves towards, um, you know, achieving the most for them. But, and again, whatever that looks like, you know, it's, it's going to be fairly eclectic. It's not going to be easy to understand because it's going to be, you know, a lot of different facets, but, but the idea that we're going to accept a, a, a path that says, well, whatever is good, whatever we achieve, that's great. Well, that's that's what we've been looking at. But I, I would tell you, I would tell you, and I hate to, you know, talk, you know, what are we talking about? Twenty months out now, nineteen, yeah. you know, twenty months out. I mean, does it mean does it need changes on the school boards? Does it need changes on the Lake Forest Caucus? Likely, honestly, yeah. it's it yeah. certainly certainly comes down to priorities. And again, at the same time, we have to we have to realize that, you know, again, a, a core belief is that an engaged parental community is our best is our best weapon to ensure we have the best possible schools right and that's and that's what we're trying to do you know we're not you know we certainly will be the first ones to celebrate achievement but we haven't you know we can't just pretend like things are good or getting better i think you got 14,000 or whatever what are you guys up to now uh on facebook and stuff yeah about 25,000 jesus christ 25 that's a big ass number we we like to call it a ban Send a survey to them with a bunch of stuff and just say, hey, what would be important to you? Fine, it's subjective, whatever. It's better than nothing. I can't go through this again without having some piece of data that says at least this. is Whatever that data point that comes back, that would be a, a very nice objective thing to, do, to spend three minutes up at the podium talking to the school board when that stuff comes in. Well, Pete, as you can imagine, you know, you know you've known Philippe a while, you've known Frank a while, and we've known each other. You know, we're not, you know, we don't view our role here as kind of like preaching and telling people what they need to think or or whatever. And you may find this interesting. It, this morning, again, I got two parents who've never reached out to me before. Um, they're like, hey, I, I've noticed what's going on with this. It's so important. And not totally, you know, surprisingly, people are like, but, you know, I've got two kids at the school. I really don't want my name out there, but I love this. <laughs> You know, listen, God bless them. This is maybe the first step in all these things, but it's, but it's, it's again, awareness and consciousness about what's really going on as opposed to, you know, listen, I, you brought up something about FOIA and I, I think this is pretty revealing about kind of how insidious some of this is. I've had two members of the current administration right now, right now employed by 67 and 115 reach out to me, obviously confidentially, and I have no problem saying this on your show or to anybody else who wants to listen to say, you understand, we've been given strict guidance to push back on all the FOIA things that we can. If people don't specifically ask for this, don't give it to them. If people, even if you understand what it is, if people don't refine it in such a way, then, then say, well, we can't. You know, gonna- if you don't get the right question exactly, precisely, don't give them any information. <laughs> Think these are these are intellectually dishonest positions to be taken by a public servant. So you know your question quickly becomes: How do we change these cultures? Yeah. Well, 
you know, I think I've told you before, I always joke around and say, you know, I have six kids and I was a company commander in the Marine Corps. I'll out stubborn anybody. And, and I've known Philippe for a long time and Frank for a long time. And I know they're like-minded because if we're not going to do this for our own community and our own kids, even if, even if maybe they're not your children, certainly they're the community's children. And I, I know, you, you know, we would all do this. We all want to see the best possible schools and not so we can have bragging rights, but because these are real people. These are real kids. The kid in a wheelchair has to be pushed outside is, is really yeah. a, a responsibility we should all be wanted to accept, not brush under it and say, well, this was a tier two priority and, and to, you know, to get this done, we've got to do these things. Hey, look, the, we all see the things that they that, that want to get done. They get done. We got raises through within a week after the bond passing. What we're talking I, about is plain and simple propaganda. And yeah. Melissa Oakley has her propaganda, of which it worked to force out one of the co-hosts of this show. All right. Mm -hmm. So if you have people that are doing that, people that screwed you over, that you helped get 105 million to make a thousand bucks come come out of my pocket, don't trust any of them. So you know what that tells me? I got to do it myself. So Joe, you and I, we're going to come up with our own Lake Forest podcast school education survey, highly analytical from Gallup, not. Okay, we're going to come up and we'll do our own damn survey, okay? All right. Jeff? Maybe our listeners can send in uh, suggested questions or, for the survey. Or we'll send them to Pete. On. I'll take yeah, a regular I mean, parent. Pete at LakeForestPodcast.com or Joe at LakeForestPodcast.com. Let us right. hear from you. Yeah, we're, um, we're tired of yelling concerns. at each other. We're, we're yeah, I mean, the more the better. Like I said, and if there's, I, I said this, and I hate to keep beating a dead horse, get your dead horse graphic, Pete, but when I, when I was an elected official, I did everything I could to get my point of view out because often – I had a contradictory point of view from uh, many of my colleagues. So I wanted to clarify because what I felt, I felt so passionately about what I believed in that, you know, I, I, I we didn't have, you know, I was trying to find that one local news reporter to talk to, um, to get my side into the, into the local news. We are the reporter. Yeah, no, but I, I think, look, so I, I've said this before, I, I sent an email, um, to all the school board members, both at uh, the high school and at the uh, 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 67 district. Um, the, and they kicked it back. Well, <laughs> I had to resend it from my personal Gmail because apparently LakeForestPodcast.com is blocked by the school servers. Um, but the... Uh, Not anymore. You know, well, in any event, the there's a standing invite. If you're an elected official... And again, the key word here is elected, which means you're accountable to the voters of the community. I think, yeah. And and there was, a, you know, on the NPR Lake Forest uh, show, one of the board members did go on there a few weeks ago. Um, I would urge you, come on here. We'll be nice. We'll be friendly. I'll keep Pete in line, make him uh, take his meds that morning so he doesn't do all over you. Screw and, and come on, come on the show, you know, and we'll... I just want to hear the other side to this because maybe we're getting it wrong as people. You know what? We're not says. getting it wrong. They're screwed up. 
Jeff Brincat, Pete Jansen's words, not anybody else's. I speak for myself, or I don't even speak for Iliad, my my supporter uh, on the show. Jeff Brincat from Lake Forest Lake Bluff Parents Care. Philippe Malin from Lake Forest Lake Bluff Parents Care. Another spirited discussion. Hopefully next time we get together, we can nudge this peanut up the hill an inch. Yeah, I'm happy to. That's a crazy visual you just created. We would love nothing more. <laughs> we would love for them to do it, you know. So, hey, man, we got to keep fighting. Gentle pressure. We need help, though. We can't do it ourselves. Guys, gals, have a great weekend. The Lake Forest Podcast is supported by viewers, listeners, and businesses just like you. Looking for the best pool supplies? Look no further than Doheny's Pool Supplies. With a history dating back to 1967, this family-owned business offers everything families need to keep their pools clean and sparkling from chemicals to equipment. Plus, customers enjoy free shipping on all orders. Visit Doheny's Pool Supplies today at doheny.com, D-O-H-E-N-Y.com to learn more. Forest Bluff Real Estate Team serves Illinois, Wisconsin, Lake Forest, and Lake Bluff. John Josephitis, Laura Lee Van Fleet, and of course, Michelle Parnell. Get a free market analysis now at forestbluffrealestate.com. For the best cannabis in the world, look no further than Iliad Epic Grow. Owned by Lake Bluff's own Rich Ruzich, they are a cannabis cultivation center focusing on hard-to-find small-batch products that will delight both the occasional user and Gangier. When visiting Michigan, ask for it by name, Epic Products, Exceptional Process. For more information, email info at iliadgrow.com. Havy Communications has been helping first responders arrive safely since 1983. It's owned by Lake Forest own Mike Havy. Check them out at havycommunications.com. We'd also like to say we're thankful for our Patreon supporters, Costa, Lance, Otto, RDM, John C., and Helen. Shout out to the Lake Forest Breakfast Group, Broad Stop and Captain Mike's in Kenosha, the Greentown Tavern, and the Frolic Lounge in Waukegan.